Hello, welcome to another episode of the Metal Thrashing Nerd Podcast. Uh, I am Metal Thrashing Mike, and today I am glad to have the drummer from Holy Roller with me today, who just told me his name. <laughs> Jay. Jay? Yep. Jay. You see, I should have remembered that, man. It's the middle name of Homer. There you go. <laughs> so, uh... They have a new album coming out called Swimming Witches through Black Doomba Records. Uh, as you know, if you've listened to the podcast, you've heard Tommy Stewart and uh, a whole swarm of his bands have been on here. And although I haven't heard any of it yet, I can tell you, if you hadn't heard their EP, go listen to that right now. It's just the Holy Roller EP. I mean, it is, uh, it's my kind of, do- it's my kind of doom stoner. You know, it's uh, energetic, but it's still got that Sabbathy feel and, uh, it's great stuff, man. Uh, just the title, the opening track alone, Axe of Abraham. I mean, it, it sucks you right in there, man. Yeah, so we, uh, there's some some pretty cool stories behind the EP um, and how that came about. Uh, Adam and I uh, had been talking about being in a band. Adam's our singer and rhythm guitar player. Um, he also is the, the active singer for the band Wretched uh, and was the singer for Glass Casket as well. If uh, any of your listeners are familiar with those bands, um, more the extreme metal or tech metal stuff. <clears throat> but uh, we wanted to do a band for a while. Um, he was in a local band called The Swamp. And uh, honestly, it came down to looking like they were going to try to replace their drummer. So we started getting up, started working on some material. Um, we kind of had a vision for where we wanted to go. That whole thing, The Swamp, fell apart. So Adam and I just built something. Um, this is 2019 when we're doing this. Um, record the uh, EP, get ready to, to, to drop the EP, and COVID hit. Yep. So we released the EP anyway and promoted the hell out of it, uh, not being able to play shows, uh, and decided to batten down the hatches and go in and uh, write an album uh, and get it ready uh, and just shop the hell out of this. And we didn't have to shop for long. Uh, I met one of our label mates, Richie Randall, on Castle Black Radio uh, in, in a chat room. We just started talking. And so we talked offline after the, the radio show. He's like, man, I really dig your stuff. I really dig you. You should, you know, reach out to Tommy Stewart and uh, and send your stuff and see what he thinks, you know. And uh, had nothing but great things to say about the label. And we submitted. And it was pretty much no-brainer for, for Tommy and for us. Um, so we... Released an EP, didn't play a single show, and got signed before the pandemic was over. Um, all through social media and and on, online, you know, online radio. <clears throat> I was about so, to say, if you talk to Richie, yeah. you must have definitely talked because Richie's a talkative guy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he is not quite as talkative as Tommy. Tommy, <laughs> oh, and is as talkative Tom, as Tommy yeah. Stewart. <laughs> no, Tommy, uh, that boss man is uh, he can he's a talker. Yeah, that's uh, why him, I love, love having him. Yep, he's uh, he's great. He's got some great stories. Um, you know, if we go back to living in the same area back uh, in the '80s and '90s. Uh, you know, I'm from New Jersey, and he was from up in the in that area as well. Um, when he played with Hallow's Eve, so we uh, we had a lot of things in common. But uh, yeah, we signed the signed a deal with Black Doomba. Uh, went in the studio again with uh, our our good buddy and uh, producer Jamie King. Uh, Jamie's responsible for all the the between the buried and me stuff, the contortionist. He does all those albums. Nice. Um, we were lucky enough to have him here in North Carolina with us. Um, so super easy to record with, like really captures what we want to do. 
Um, you'll see the production on the new albums a little bit different than the EP. Uh, a little bit more polished, uh, a little bit more proggy in areas. I thought the EP was phenomenal. I mean, as far as yeah. the recording quality and everything. Yeah, and that's uh, that was uh, three days of tracking. Nice. And then I think we got uh, four days of tracking in on the eight songs in the album. Um, but Jamie's such a master at what he does. We're really, really happy to, to have him in close proximity. Yeah, when you have um, somebody that really knows that set up all of your mics and stuff and work with the band. Oh, yeah. You're yeah, going to have a great product. Um, but, yeah, so we, uh, we got signed without playing a show. And uh, finally started playing shows when COVID started winding down some. Uh, and, and show opportunities started coming up. Um, we've been out gigging uh, pretty hard for the last bunch of months. Um, we got some stuff on the horizon as well. Um, looking forward to uh, our next show in May. If anybody's in the Raleigh, North Carolina area, uh, we'll be at the Poor House. Uh, May 13th, we're opening that show. Uh, the middle band is a band called Lie Heavy. Uh, Lie Heavy consists of uh, Carla Gell, who was uh, the singer on COC's Blind album. Uh, and uh, Graham Fry, who was in the band Confessor. Um, so they got a band together. And then the uh, headliner that night is uh, our buddies in a band called Bone Shelter. They've been around forever. That's their album release party. So that's going to be a banger uh, in the in the capital in Raleigh. Well, I'm glad to see you're busy, you know. Yeah. You're out, you're yeah, out playing uh, <laughs> shows and stuff. Absolutely great. Yeah. Uh, I wish we could do more. Uh, I wish more opportunities were coming. Um you know, and I'm sure once the album drops, those will pop up as well. Uh, we really want to get on some festivals, you know, get on some short run tours to start, you know, getting the train rolling. Well, I know uh, Tommy usually plays the Maryland Doom Fest. Hopefully he can maybe work some magic, get y'all up there, I hope. Yeah, we're not on this year's. We did submit, uh, wound up not getting selected for it. Uh, I don't know if it just you know, a plethora of bands that, that wind up submitting for that. Right. Uh, sometimes it gets lost. Um, and that's fine. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Hopefully we'll play it next year. Well, hopefully um, we can, uh, you know, keep pushing you guys and stuff, all the yeah. uh, little radio shows and stuff and podcasts. Because, I mean, yeah. I'm not just kissing your ass here, man, because you're on the show. <laughs> I mean, that fucking EP kicks ass. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really, really proud of it. Um, you know, from start to finish, uh, it, it carries a lot of energy. Um, it really captures, like, what we wanted to do, right? Yeah, it really spoke we, we, to me because of the energy to it. You know, most Doom yeah. and Stoner stuff's, you know, sometimes you get that stuff that's a little droney, and it's it's all right from time to time, man, but I'm a thrash guy. I'm a high-energy yeah. guy. I want the energy, you know? Yeah, we, we, we kind of incorporated a lot of different influences into that, um, you know, and anywhere from, like, I'm a huge Quicksand fan. Um, probably my favorite band on the planet. Let me write that um, down. I'll check them out. Yeah, yeah, they're fantastic. It's uh, Walter Scheifel's playing guitar and singing. He used to be the, uh, the guitar player for the Gorilla Biscuits back in the day. Okay. Um, and uh, Serge uh, plays uh, bass, who was in the Deftones for a bit. He just had a falling out in Deftones. But uh, they're fantastic. Put on one of the best live shows you ever see. Hell yeah. Like, so much energy. Um, and then, you know, the other, the other bands that this band is really influenced by, you know, Red Fang, uh, High on Fire, Elder, Sleep, um, you know, Mastodon, Clutch. There's a plethora of bands we listen to. Yeah, I, um, I, I kind of caught a little bit of that with like the Mastodon and the Clutch thing because they're, yeah. 
a little more high energy with this type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what we were shooting for. Um, we didn't want to just be, uh, a, a one, a one trick pony, right? Right. No, um, absolutely not. And, uh, we, we had the ability to, you know, uh, Adam's a writing machine. Um, there's probably past the EP and the album we got out. There's probably another 30 or 40 songs we're sitting on that we just have to structure and finish off. Right. Right. So we got albums, albums worth of stuff that that's, you know, potentially ready at a moment's notice. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, super excited uh, about the future of this band and, and where it may go. Um, I think we're a little bit different than everybody else in the genre. That's you know? an important thing, too. Uh, like you were saying about your albums are a little more diverse. And what you're trying to do is be more diverse with things. Because to me, that's what makes a lot of the classic albums is the level of diversity in them. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, there was there was another band. There was not another band at the time like Iron Maiden. No. Right? No, I mean, there's, there still isn't. You can say the same for a lot of, uh, like, you know, Metallica's, The Who, bands like yeah. that. Their albums are classics because that we, even though they're within specific genres, they're diverse albums. That's what makes them special. That's, I think that's what made, like, for me, like Megadeth so special is their albums would be really diverse and not everything would be the same. Yeah. And, you know, I think uh, for, for us, it, we don't just listen to this type of music either, right? So, like, uh, I listen to anything from like, you know, jazz, uh, the Beatles, Johnny Cash. I'll listen to some hip hop. Yeah, I've actually got a, little, old, I've got a little bit of all that stuff on my record stand. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. More of the old school stuff. You know, Beastie Boys run DMC, you know, uh, uh, Black Star, uh, you know, some some cool hip hop stuff. And Adam listens to hip hop as well. Uh, but he's got a different set of like metal that he listens to. And uh, our guitar player, Jim, uh he listens to a bunch of shredders, right? So he's he's into like all the all the really technical stuff. Um Saturani you know. by uh well that stuff. I mean he listens to like but metal wise he listens to like Havoc. Right. Right. And bands that are just like so technically there. Probably a Nevermore um, band too. Uh yeah, yeah, probably. Uh <laughs> he was he was at the uh the Death Angel Testament Exodus show this past week in Raleigh. Okay. Um you know, he's, he's into all that. Uh, and then our bass player, Jason, um, he's, he's into, you know, a bunch of electronica stuff, uh, you know, uh, stuff that would be in the, the, the same genre as like the early Nine Inch Nails stuff. Right. Um, but then he listens to a bunch of punk as well. Um, <clears throat> and you can see the punk in some of our writing. Um, yeah, definitely. you know, I felt like in a couple of places on the EP, uh, it bordered on like, Oh my God, this sounds like motorhead. Yeah, you know, and I was like, you know, real easy to get into that for me because you know, Motorhead's king for me. Um, oh, but yeah, you're not the only guy on this podcast that's said that before. Um, if you've never heard Titanosaur, I haven't. Uh, you can definitely hear the Motorhead influence on his stuff. He was actually on here with Richie one time. I think you'd like it. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. I always like hearing new music. Um, you know, we've uh. We've discovered a bunch of stuff, just, you know, having our stuff being out and being played too. like, um, you know, discovering other bands that are in the same genre that I might not have heard of before. Right. right. Um, you know, we're, we're getting a lot of airplay overseas uh, and uh, one of the overseas stations that plays us in the regular, uh, like they, they put us with two bands every time they play us. Um, they put us with a band called Cal L, which are they're, they're from like Sweden or Denmark. 
Um, if you haven't heard them, they're fantastic. Uh, and um, a band is that spelled like Superman or like yeah, K-L-L? yeah, 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 K L hyphen E L. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the other band they put us with is a band called Age of Truth, uh, and they're out of Philadelphia, and they're fantastic. And he, one DJ is always like, man, it would be my wet dream to see these three bands on tour together. Maybe so, someday. Yeah, it, it certainly could happen. Uh, you know, if anybody's out there can make it happen, give me a call. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we get to discover stuff as well, which is really exciting because, uh, you know, listen to the same, same 10 bands over and over again, it gets boring. You got to go out there and explore and see other stuff and hear other stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that that's, uh, I think that's one of the great parts of being a musician too, is you, you're never, you're, you never quench that thirst to hear new things. No, never. Um, and I think that's a sign of a good musician too, is you're always ready to hear new things. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've been collecting vinyl here recently because, uh, we had the album coming out on vinyl, obviously, and we got cash pressing in. So I needed a record player and then I got a record player and then I started collecting vinyl, which is super expensive, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's okay. I've been broke before we broke again. Uh, but I did pick up a couple of albums on a record store day. Uh, I got a, the boy that, uh, remaster of, uh, angel rat. That's nice. what it was. Uh, yep. And, uh, Charlie Benante and friends, uh, moving pictures, uh, which is a play on the moving pictures from rush album. Yeah, it's the rush tribute. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, uh, Charlie Benante from anthrax, Alex Kolnick, uh, from Testament, uh, my, my buddy, Brandon Yegley from Crobot. Nice. Um, uh, Rod Diaz is on it playing bass, and they have uh, uh, one of the members of Trans-Siberian Orchestra on there, and they're just doing rough stuff. That's killer. Um, on one of the greatest albums to ever come out. I know. I love moving pictures. I've actually got it over here on the shelf. <laughs> I had to buy it on vinyl when I saw it. Yeah. It's pretty easy to pick up, usually. You can usually find it at a Walmart or something, man, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, definitely, definitely some cool stuff, but, you know, uh, the, the thrill of going back into vinyl stores again for me, uh, which, you know, I hadn't done in years and years and years, you know, uh, it, it's, it's pretty cool. There's some local stores here that, that, uh, are supportive as well. They'll put our album in there. Um, you know, we can do shows at one of them. So, um, you know, getting out there and, and searching for other vinyl, sifting through those, uh, those placards and seeing what's in stock and what's not. Yeah. I noticed, uh, didn't you play a show at scratch and sniff? Uh, we didn't, uh, oh. uh that, that might've been, I think it was Minerva. Oh, that was Minerva. Yeah. Um, they, they have a, a single out right now called hollow by the way. Yeah. Uh, that, that everybody should go check out and, uh, pre-sale on their album is active. So if you go to the black Goomba, uh, band camp, you can, you know, put their album on, uh, on pre-order. Yeah. Just, um, just throwing that out there. I'd love to have them on here too. If you guys listen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I, I can let them know too. We uh, it's it's really cool that uh, like we got we got signed. They got signed right after us, um, and uh, uh, we've become really really good friends. Uh, we've done a bunch of shows together. Um, when we go to Columbia, South Carolina, to play with them, uh, we stay at uh, at their drummer and bass player's house, um, so we don't have to go get a hotel. Like very hospitable. Uh, super great folks. Uh, really dig what they're doing. Um, and small world too, because their guitar player Byron used to play in bands in Texas. And one of my buddies growing up was Alan Tecchio, who sang for Hades, sang for Watchtower. 
um, when he was in Watchtower, he knew Byron. So I was like posting pictures from the South Carolina show the first time we went down. Uh, and uh, Byron had walked in with a nonfiction shirt on, which is one of Alan's other bands. Uh, and I freaked out because I hadn't seen a nonfiction shirt in years. Right. And uh, so I sent Alan a picture. He said, recognize this guy. So <clears throat> small world that, you know, we all are kind of intertwined no matter how far away we are from each other. Yeah, no, um, a couple episodes back, Tommy and I were actually talking about that. He said, it's it's crazy. It's like with metal, you can, it's not even like, you know, you play that game where you go four or five steps to see if you can link one person to another. But with metal, it's usually like one step. You know? Yeah. Yeah. One or two. All of a sudden you got Kevin Bacon. Right. <laughs> so what's your connection to Kevin Bacon? <laughs> um, just watching him on TV. Oh, okay. One step. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, uh, that's the best thing about this community, right? Where it's tight. Um, everybody's, you know, what, what makes it a scene, what makes it a community is when we try to help each other. Right. Um, promote each other, uh, help each other get shows, trade shows off. That's what creates scenes. You know, uh, Seattle didn't blow up because it was Seattle and there happened to be labels that were going there. No. Seattle happened because they all worked together. Yeah, you know, no. help I'll... each other out. What was the uh, super group before they were all super? Um, Temple of the Dog? Yeah, Temple of the Dog. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so th those bands, that, that's how this all works, right? We have, we have to be friends and, and, and help each other out. Um, so we're more, more than happy to do our part as, 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 as part, of the, part of the course. Well, it's the same with a lot of those older scenes, too. Like, you look at the death metal scene and they in Florida, and they changed members in and out of bands. Oh yeah, yeah. Same like with the death thrash and, metal scene and everything. Yeah, death and obituary and all those bands that came out of Florida during that time period. Yeah, um, even going into scenic and stuff. Yeah, I got to see death on the spiritual healing tour at the Stone Pony in Asbury Park, New Jersey. <sighs> You're not one of those guys that's going to tell me stuff like this, like Tommy tells me, and I'm just going to go, <laughs> oh, "Fuck you." Yeah. <laughs> I can I can top that though. Um, it was Halloween night. I don't remember the year, but the tour was Sepultura, Sacred Rite, King Diamond, and I saw that show at the Ritz in New York City. And it was Sepultura's first ever American show. It was the first first show of their tour. Nice. And that was on uh, when they released Beneath the Remains and came to the states. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of my favorite albums, man. <laughs> such a good such a good record. Um, but I got to see them on that tour, their first American show. So I, I can always put that in my bag as like a big moment. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of a big one. I actually, uh, the last time blind guardian actually played in the States, I saw them play. So I've got that. Nice. <laughs> nice. Last time creator were out here. I saw them. So cool. Yeah. They're, they're creator. Just, uh, they're, they're up in the Northeast right now. I think. Yeah. Uh, doing some shows. I don't think they're coming down this way, unfortunately. No, it's a uh, shame. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the other cool thing about being in a band and being in bands before this, like I, I got to open up for some pretty heavyweight, you know, bands as well. Um, you know, uh, non-point a bunch of times. Um, I was in a band called the five L's. We were direct support for clutch on New Year's Eve at Ziggy's and Lincoln sale. And that was a madhouse. Nice. Um, that was uh, on the Robot Hive Exodus 
tour they did when they still had a piano player, like the Hammond B3 player. Yeah. Uh, it was old school clutch, but like direct support for them for that. Damn, that's badass, man. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've opened for tons. Uh, Mighty Mighty Boston's way back in the day. <laughs> that's a that's a random one. <laughs> yeah, I was in a, a, a band that kind of fit in that genre uh, in the early 90s uh, called Misplaced Aggression. Well, you're, uh, you're a drummer, too. It's a little bit yeah. easier to float around from style to style. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, uh, the style we're doing now is kind of where I wanted to be. Um, I do have a second band I play in currently called Last to Speak. We also have an album out uh, available on all streaming platforms, uh, and it's more uh, like Primus meets Chili Peppers meets Faith No More. So, the, um, like the kind of funk. Yeah, like like funk almost like based. jazz metal. <laughs> Kind of uh, more, more main. If Bungle was more mainstream back in the day, uh, it's, it's, there's definitely some experimental stuff. Um, you know, I'm real proud of that album as well. Um, but it's a different outlet for me as a drummer, right? So I, I can get my, my doom and my heavy stuff on with Holy Roller. And then I can just go play some like crazy experimental shit with uh, uh, Last to Speak. And uh, uh, so I get the best of both worlds. But, uh, Keeps me a busy boy. <laughs> I know somebody was, uh, somebody posted on Twitter earlier, uh, if you were to get in a fight with your mortal enemy, what song would be playing? And I was like, Squeeze Me Macaroni by Mr. Bungle. If I'm going to go out, I'm going to go all fucking crazy, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, I, That's I think my happy had, song. <laughs> it, it is. It's a, it's a great tune. Um, I, I think if I had to pick a song for that, probably, I mean, no brainer for me it would be Angel of Death. Uh, or Rainy Blood. Well, I think I do. I do Rainy Blood. Rainy Blood would be the one. Yeah, yeah. Um, piece by piece. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can pretty much just play the whole Rain and Blood album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that sound soundtrack to the boss fight. <laughs> Top down aggression. <laughs> there you go. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, so uh, you know, stylistically, uh, we we experiment a little more in the new album. Uh, we do have some guest stars on there um, that we haven't publicly announced yet okay. because the album's not out. But uh, we have three solos on there by uh, three pretty heavyweight guitar players. Um, you know, uh, some you may have or may not have heard of, depending on what kind of music you listen to. But um, I don't think I don't think I'm going to get in trouble for saying who they are. So I'm just going to do it. Well, hold up. A second. Um, when are you going to announce that they're going to be on there? Well, we've already announced there's three guest stars. We just haven't announced who they are yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, uh, I'll go for it. I, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm going to, so I don't get all the way in trouble, I'll give you one. Go for it. Um, so we got uh, Haran from Battlecross. Okay. Uh, he, uh, he dropped the solo for us. Uh, real excited about that. And we got two others that will announce later. Um, but uh, Haran's a buddy of Adam's. Uh, when Adam was in Wretched and Glass Casket, they'd go on toward Battlecross. Um, he also, Adams filled in for Battle Cross for an entire tour when their singer went down and couldn't tour them for a tour. Right. Adam, Adam went and sang for Battle, Battle Cross for a whole tour as well. Yeah, I was going to say, I probably won't release this episode for a week. So if you start announcing it, it's, yeah, you know, we'll be good on a little <laughs> bit of it. Maybe Got Tommy it. won't come beating down my door. I'd hate for him to drive all the way from Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. Don't put that on the air. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I told that boy not to say anything. <laughs> Oh, 
but uh yeah we're we're excited about uh you know all of that um you know and excited there's a couple of songs we're gonna do for singles uh the first singles available for pre-release right now or for pre-download on spotify uh it's the title track swimming witches and so uh you go to the black Timber records facebook page or instagram or you go to our facebook page or instagram uh or twitter i think uh i think we have a tiktok now as well whatever we do on tiktok I think our bass player just takes really awkward videos and posts and people follow it. Yeah, that's, that's um, TikTok. <laughs> in, a, in a nutshell, like, you know, he like, doesn't even tell us he's filming. He just pulls his phone out and like, he's like, oh, you're on TikTok. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> um, but uh, you can you can pre-save uh, on Spotify the, the single. Um, I can tell you, uh, you know, having been in the studio, listened to this thing over and over and over, I put it down for a while. Like you have to stop listening to your own album after a while because it's just like, oh my god, I don't even want to hear the songs anymore. Yeah, no, I'm in the process right? of it myself with my own stuff, yeah. so I understand. So uh, I, thankfully, I put it down for a while, and I'd only heard it digitally. But we got the test pressing in for the vinyl about three weeks ago, two weeks ago, and I got to hear myself on vinyl for the first time in my life. Exciting. Um, yeah, and it sounds absolutely massive on vinyl. Hell yeah. Um, so uh, our album's pre-release starts May 27th. I think the album comes out in June. Uh, but vinyl is not going to be available until December or January because of the worldwide vinyl backup. Um, you know. Well, when it does vinyl. come out on vinyl, I'll pre-order it. Don't worry. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate that. Um, and uh, I, I can tell you we're going to do uh, standard black, and then we have a, a, a color splattered variant uh, as well that'll get released when we do vinyl. Yeah, I'm pretty big on the color splatters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like them as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're super excited. Uh, but hearing it on vinyl for the first time, like I sat back and it was like listening to my songs for the first time again. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a different experience. It just sounded absolutely massive. And I honestly can't wait for everybody and their mom to hear this thing. Um, even if they hear it and go, I think it sucks. At least I heard it. Exactly. Yeah. At least give the band a chance. Of course, I don't know so, how they could think it sucks myself, but <laughs> I mean, keeps their own. You know. I mean, yeah, some, I'm not somebody's. A big, it's funny. I have all these Doom bands and stuff on here, but I'm not really the biggest Doom guy. Yep. I mean, you know, somebody's mom might be a Taylor Swift fan and think we're the devil for all I know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but at least you heard it. So, um, you know, kind of going back a little bit, I know you mentioned that a lot of different bands. Um, yeah. You know, I know people talk a lot about their influences and stuff, mm -hmm. but it's very rare that you get someone on and they you can get them to talk about their inspirations. You know, what was the thing, let's say, even if it was as a little kid that really got yeah. you into music and gave you the idea, well, why don't I pick up an instrument, whether it was guitar or drums or a keyboard? Yeah, you know. so that's that's an easy question for me because I, I have a good story for you. Um, so I was six years old and I was playing violin in in grade school and I was a terrible. Can I curse on here? Fuck, I don't care. Yeah, terrible fucking violin player. Like I thought my mom was going to murder me. Like every time I played because it was so bad. So I used to spend my uh, my summers. My parents would ship me off to my grandmother's in Mount Vernon, New York, and my uncle Ronnie stayed there. And uh, 
Makarani was my favorite uncle, still is my favorite uncle. Um, and he introduced me on vinyl to the police. Nice. So uh, he was playing the police. Um, and I was air drumming to the police. That's what I picked up on when I was listening to it. And he saw me like just air drumming, like pretending to play drums. And he called my dad and he said, I don't care if it gets you divorced, get this boy a drum kit. Yep. Right. And so thankfully my dad was, he was super supportive uh, of my career as a musician, my, my bad life choice. He was very supportive of my bad life choice. Um, And he, you know, would buy me the instruments I needed. Dad, I need new cymbals. Dad, I need this pedal. Oh my God, look at that snare drum. Like, I can't believe him and my mom made it all the way until till he passed away. I thought for sure she was going to divorce him several times. Um, so uh, that was my inspiration was the police, right? Listening to that that old, like, punky-style mainstream rock that had this edge to it that nobody else had. Um, I was already listening to other bands at the time, like Kiss. You know, I uh, grew up mesmerized by the fact they had their face painted. Right. I think we all did. No matter what generation. (laughs) You know, I'm aging myself. I'll be 49 this this coming month. So, um, you know, I'm up there in years. I've I've seen and and heard a lot. Um, I was real big into my dad had a Joe Cocker album that was fantastic that I used to play all the time. Um, But then I found Black Sabbath. Boy, did worlds change. Uh, That's an important one, man. It is. Really is like Kiss was an important one, but Kiss was just a gateway drug. Even when, even um, even for like myself, starting with Metallica, like yeah, you found you, I found Ozzy first, then it led me to Black Sabbath with a Live and Loud album. Yep, it's such an important step, no matter where you're at in metal. Yeah, it's it's I mean it's life changing when you hear Black Sabbath for the first time. So if anybody out there hasn't heard Black Sabbath, if you haven't, I'm ashamed that you're even listening. Yeah, if you're listening to this um, podcast and you haven't heard Sabbath, we need to fix something, guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'll yeah. throw my number out there. We'll get you something. We'll help you out. <laughs> support group. We're all friends. Support group. We'll be here for you. We'll get you through it. Um, but yeah, Black Sabbath was life-changing. That led to Iron Maiden. Um, I've probably seen Maiden live eight to ten times over the years, way back in the day. Nice. Uh, with, with tons of different bands opening up for them. Um, uh, including the tour where they had uh, Queen Strike on the Operation Mindcrime tour opening oh. for them. Um, interesting mix of Queen Strike and Maiden. Um, well, if you listen to Queen early stuff, there's some major yeah. similarities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually like their earlier stuff better than I did like Operation Mindcrime and Empire. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Mindcrime for me was like, it, it was for me their best album, right? Right. Uh, but their earlier stuff is definitely good. Uh, I didn't really dig empire too much or anything beyond mind crime. Um, you know, and uh, I think I, I, I almost stopped listening to him after that. It's got its moments. I mean, yeah. I can't deny that silent lucidity is lucidity is one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard. It is. It's a great tune. It's uh, 100% a great tune. Uh, and I bought that album, but I can tell you, I didn't buy the album after that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's one of those things where it kind of changes the band and changes the way you look at them. Yeah, I, I had similar experiences with Shadows Fall, so I totally understand. Yep, I'm open for those guys too. Really? Yeah, way yeah. back in the day, they came down through Ziggy's, and I was in a band called the Five Bells that opened for them. Nice. Um, 
super nice guys. Yeah, I'm a big um, fan. And when I growing up listening to them, uh, John Danaeus was a favorite guitar player, and I'm I'm glad to see he's with Anthrax now. Yeah, but you know the other other bands influenced me and inspired me too. I mean, uh, you know, all the metal led to like me exploring drums more uh, and listening to other styles of music. As you know, as a teenager, I was like pigeonholing myself into this is what I listen to. Right. And we all right. do that. <laughs> we do. But then I started like branching out a little bit on my own and I started getting into like old school punk, like Chromags, Agnostic Front, Black Flag, Fugazi, you know, uh, Gorilla Biscuits, all those bands from back in the day. Oh, well, if you listen to Fugazi, you've had to have checked out Minor Threat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and then, uh, you know, uh, I was going to say that led me to COC before I even moved to North Carolina. Uh, you know, with uh, the early like Animosity album, Hyper and I, um, back in the day, that were fantastic, and they're more punk than they are what you would. You're out of COC now. No, absolutely, it's more like hard rock, mainstream. Yeah. It's good still. Yeah, they're very. Yeah, good I mean, I, I, I for an eye is a straight punk album. Yeah, straight punk. Um, and they changed over the years, which is you know it's good for the band's longevity. Um, I've, you know, honored to say that I've, uh, those guys, some of those guys used to come see me play when I played in Raleigh back in the day. And I'm still friends with Carl Agel to this day. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, my buddy, uh, and, and longtime friend Reed Mullen passed, um, you know, right, right at the beginning of COVID pretty much. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I miss him to death. Uh, I had shoulder surgery about seven years ago and he was on tour the first time they went out with Pepper again and did the deliverance stuff over in England. Um, they did like a five show run in England. Um, and I hit up Reed on Facebook and I said, man, I think I'm going to have to have shoulder shoulder surgery. Uh, I know you have, and you're back out touring again. So, you know, would you mind sharing your info for your doctor? Cause if he picks the drummer's shoulder and you're out playing, I want that guy. So, uh, he responded with a classic Reed. He's like, dang, man. Literally, it said, dang, man, <laughs> um, you know, you too. And then, you know, went into giving me, giving me a surgeon's info. And I wound up going under the knife, same guy. And thankfully, Reed got me to the guy I needed to go to. And uh, he fixed my shoulder. Um, you know, I, I had torn my labrum. So my, my shoulder was just hanging. Um, you know, there was nothing holding my shoulder together. Well, I mean, I'm glad you're still playing. I'm glad it worked out. Yeah. Well, that was the important part. Like, I could play with pain when I had the injury. Right. But I wanted to play without pain. And if I was going to have surgery, I needed some sort of quasi-guarantee. I know you can't 100% tell me I'll be able to play after this, but I need to know the chances are real damn good. So, uh, Doc said, 90% uh, of the people who go through a surgery like this actually come out stronger and better than they were before. 10% lose a little bit of strength, but you still should be able to play either way. Is that, that's all I need to hear. Let's do it. Well, either way, if you weren't as strong as you are now, uh, you're doing a great job. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, and so I, uh, I actually, uh, uh, they haven't announced the endorsement yet, but I'm with collision drumsticks now. Um, and one of the reasons I went with them is because they have a, a five AR drumstick. Uh, the R is, is reach is what it stands for. It's a five A drumstick, but it's longer. Right. So I don't have to reach as far, which means I don't put as much wear and tear on my shoulders. 
Awesome. See, I'm not so, a drummer, so this is great stuff for me to learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it worked out real well. Um, you know, and uh, I'm hoping uh, hoping maybe if the guys at Saluda Symbols are listening, uh, I'm, I'm looking to hook up with you guys as well. Uh, I've been playing their their symbols. They're out of uh, Greenville uh, or Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, they actually uh, custom did some stuff for me for the kid I'm playing with, Holy Roller. Um, fantastic local brand. I'm glad to see a lot of you guys on the Doomba label are getting, you know, endorsements and stuff right now, too. Yeah. Richie's the king. You no know, shit. <laughs> the king of endorsements. Those damn arachnid cabinets are at now, man. I mean, God. I mean, yeah. I, I, I heard them just the other day when I saw Exodus because Gary Holt's on that uh, using arachnids, too. Yep. And they sound phenomenal, man. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Richie's got it down to a science. But, you know, endorsements, the way it happens, <clears throat> you know, I got a drumstick endorsement. So now when I go to get a drum head endorsement, it's going to be easier. Right. And then when I have both of those, I can go to a cymbal company. And then I can, when I have all three of those in place, I can go to a drum company. Um, so you, you build them up and other companies see other people endorsing you and they want in on that game as well. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, I mean, this is great information. It's a great information for people that are listening in bands. You know, guys, yeah. like I always say, when you listen to this, take notes about what some of these guys are saying. You're going to learn a lot, especially if you're in a small band, you're just getting started. You know, this is stuff you need to be learning. This is the nerd part of the podcast. <laughs> and when I got somebody um, on here talking comics, this is the nerd part. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I can I can uh, I can talk collecting toys in a minute, but uh Oh, absolutely. Go for it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the, the, the important thing, if you guys are listening and want to take notes on it, um, get your social media in check. Uh, make sure you're branching out to other other people. Um, people aren't going to follow your Instagram if you're not following theirs. Right. So yeah. go out and find things you like and follow it. Um, you know, don't be a douche. Don't send people shit every 10 seconds. Uh, you know, space it out. Make them want a little bit more. Wait a couple of days. Post something else. Um, but keep the content fresh and coming because that's what keeps people engaged, right? Oh yeah. Even if even if it's stupid, some of our best Twitter posts is Adam at work smashing like glass with a hammer. <laughs> if that's all it is, he's like, just puts his phone up, has a piece of glass in an apartment complex he's got to get rid of, and takes a hammer and smashes it over and over again. Like that shit gets hundreds of likes. I don't understand it. <laughs> People like that shit, man. It's weird. Yeah. Like my wife, man, she's showing me like some of the trends on TikTok and stuff. And like one of them is people organizing like cabinets and kitchens. Yeah. Like that's a big thing. Yeah. You, you, know, how, you know how I organize my cabinets in my kitchen? <laughs> I throw shit where it fits. Yep. <laughs> that's the man's way of doing it. <laughs> yep. Hey, look, room for a plate. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, I mean that that stuff's important for for growing yourself as a band and as an individual. Um, endorsements don't happen because you're in a band. Endorsements happen because you, as an individual, grew yourself as a product. Right? Um, I, I've made myself Jay the drummer, and not just Jay who has a Facebook page and Instagram and all that. So when these companies come to you and they say, "Well, what's your presence online?" You got to send them links to everything. You want them to have something to look at. That's that's your brand, right? This is what I represent. This is what I'm about. So exactly. just 
just some some pointers. It's, it's my two cents. It's what exactly what it's worth. Um, but I do want to get back. I forgot one section of the uh, what inspires me earlier. No, go for it. Um, so move on to the, uh, I guess, late 90s. And Jane's Addiction released Nothing Shocking. And that album changed my life. Awesome. Um, from a drummer standpoint, Stephen, you know, I'm just going to call him Perk because I've met him. Super cool guy. Um, uh, Perk's drums on Mountain Song is so different from anything else anybody was doing because it incorporated like, you know, like African beats, but turned into a rock beat. Um, and nobody even knew he was doing it. I could tell there was something different. It just drove me. And uh, I would sit with headphones on and play that album over and over and over and over. Um, but I got, I got to tell Perkins that that song changed my life, which was one of my favorite moments in my life. Uh, he came to North Carolina to the drum clinic. Um, so one of my good friends is uh, Tracy Thornton. Uh, he's a steel drum player, world-renowned. World um, and uh, he played hand drums on an album I did back in the day with the, that band, The Five L's. And our producer on that album was a guy by the name of Thomas Johnson. Uh, and TJ, Thomas Johnson, was a secret member of Porno Papyrus and also did a lot of recording for Jane's Addiction. So he introduced Tracy to Perkins, and then Perk, Perk came here to do a clinic. So Tracy introduced me to Perkins. We uh, we got to play hand drums together, and uh, there's some pictures online uh, if you want to see me fanboying out. Uh, quintessential fanboy like jaw on the ground. Holy shit, one of my idols is standing right here. Um, but he was super cool, super down to earth. I told him the mountain song changed my life, and uh, and I, I kid you not, he said I really appreciate that, and he hugged me. That's great, man. Like super cool, like to have that moment. Um, we're also here in North Carolina, uh, blessed to have uh, Ryan Martin, uh, who plays bass for Mudvayne. Yep. Uh, he's in a band called Soften the Glare uh, with some buddies, and uh, I. I've gone and seen him live, and he's super cool as well, super down to earth. Hell of a bass uh, player. Yeah, ridiculous bass player. Like, uh, it, it, I'm a I'm a drummer, uh, and his drummer Mitch, fantastic. Like, technically one of the most sound drummers I've ever seen in my life. Didn't pay a bit of attention to Mitch, but I wanted to watch him play. Right. <laughs> it was all how the fuck's he doing that on the bass? <laughs> that that was the entire show. I was just blown away. Um, you guys get a chance. It's all instrumental. The band's called Soft in the Glare. Uh, also recorded with Jamie King. Um, so I'll promote the family a little bit. No, absolutely. Yeah. That's part of what this podcast is about. Oh, yeah. is just promoting. You know, if you see other stuff, you, you got other stuff you want to tell people about, tell them about it. I absolutely. have no problem with that. <laughs> so. Uh, while we're while we're talking, I'm actually going to step outside and smoke a cigarette because I haven't had one in a while. Yeah, let me just pause uh, this we'll for a minute. Yeah, obviously we can continue talking while I'm smoking. It doesn't matter. Oh yeah, no, actually, yeah, that works out for you. I can't go out and smoke. <laughs> yeah, it's me. There it's you stuck. go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll try to. I'll try not to make it too obvious then. No, nah, I don't care. You're good, man. Hmm. I don't um, need one. Um, you were talking about uh, you're a toy collector. Yes. So. Uh, 
vinyl records isn't the only vinyl that I collect. Um, there's a theme here. Uh, so I'm approaching uh, 1,500 pieces in my Funko Pop collection. Damn. Um, when I went apartment hunting last year, I wanted a two-bedroom just for myself because I needed a whole bedroom just for my Funko collection. Um, and it's everything that's ever moved me. Uh, and Funko hits me in soft places all the time. Like, are you fucking kidding me? You're going to release stuff for that? All right, let me pre-order all seven of those. Um, yeah, no, my wife and I have a serious problem with it, too. We've actually had to scale down. I mean, we yeah. scale down a lot, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've got, with the exception of some really rare ones, every Deadpool that's ever been made, even some stuff that's not been released in the States. Oh, nice. Um, that's a huge Deadpool collector. Um, and then uh, I got a huge portion of the Game of Thrones pops, uh, a bunch of video game ones for, like, Borderlands, Halo, Fallout. Um, you know, and then there's movie ones. I got all the Monty Python ones. I got uh, all the Anchorman ones, including the scented like Black Panther, right? Or Sex Panther. That's yeah, what it Sex yeah, Panther. Sex Panther. <laughs> um, you know, I, I enjoy the foodie ones too. Like I'm a for some reason I'm a huge Bob's Big Boy uh, Bob's Big Boy fan. Yeah. So anytime they release a Bob's Big Boy pop, no matter what it is or any variant, I'm I'm, I'm picking it up. Yeah, no, um, that's like one of their starting things was like yeah. food logos. Uh, what was the Funko, Freddy Funko now, but he was something yeah. else to start with. Yeah, I'm, I don't remember the history on it. Um, and I probably should know since I, I probably keep the company afloat pretty well. <laughs> um, uh, they should make me a shareholder or a damn employee by now. Honestly, every time they put out something, Daredevil, Ghost Rider, or Punisher, like I have to yeah. get it. That's my stuff. Like I've got the yeah. first Ghost Riders, Daredevils, and Punishers they put out. Nice. Yeah, I've got uh, I got a bunch of the Daredevils uh, that they they put out. Uh, some of the exclusives are like Hot Topic and stuff. Yeah. Um, and those those actually just like jumped in value recently because of Charlie Cox's uh, appearance in the Spider Man movie. I know. I'm so psyched about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I squealed like a little girl in that theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think we all did. Um, and I'm sure the theater folks knew exactly what part of the movie was at when that happened because the collective sigh and squeal from everybody. Uh, was... um, but uh, so I, you know, I collect those. I collect some sports stuff. Um, you know, I'm a, a New York Rangers fan, a Yankees fan, so I, I collected any pops for that. Um, I had a bunch of Freddie Funkos. I got all the office ones, everything from the office. Ah, uh, yeah, we've got a we've got a few office ones. I'm a big office fan, so yeah, I got all the Parks and Rec ones, and then I got a bunch of music ones. There's some really cool music ones that are out. Uh, um, you got the Gold Lemmy. I do. Yeah, I do. I have I have every version of Lemmy they've released. I actually have two different versions of the Gold Lemmy. One with the Hot Topper sticker, one without. Nice. Uh, did you um, pick up the War Pig? I did. Have yeah. it. <laughs> I okay. got the Ace of Spades album. They get uh, uh, Funko albums now where they come in the plastic cases. Yeah. I wanted the I first the... Sabbath one. Yep, I got it. Um, I got it. I got a, a really cool one from Walmart. It's a Doors. It's got all the members of Doors on one side, and it's got the album on the other. Nice. Uh, it's a huge package. Uh, I got the three-pack for the police uh, in the synchronicity colors. Um, all the individual members of the police. I got James Brown. I got Willie Nelson. Can't not get Willie Nelson. I'm a, we're a pro weed man. Right. Um, you know, uh, I've got, uh, just got 
Is it Bark at the Moon? The, the Ozzy one that just came yeah, out. Yeah, they just did that Bark at the Moon. That came in. Uh, I got the Power Slave one for Iron Maiden. I got all the Iron Maiden stuff. Uh, I've got a few of the Maiden. Yeah, I got I got uh, everything they put out so far. I got the four pack that glows in the dark and all the individuals that don't. Nice. That's what that's how fun could get you guys. You get the regular individual pop, you get all four of them, and then six months later they release the same four, but they glow in the dark and you have to buy it again. Exactly. Uh, that's what you do with the music too. That's what the vinyl yep. market is. <laughs> yep, it is. Uh, it is. It is identical. So I have two vinyl addictions. You have to have a lot of control. Uh, do you have any yeah. Metallica ones? Uh, only Metallica one that I have is the uh, Lady Justice. Uh, I did not pick up the other ones, so yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I I like Metallica pre and Justice for All, um, Kill 'Em All, Ride the Lightning, Master. I actually picked up Master of Puppets on vinyl, but uh, and Justice for All was the last album I really listened to, like that I was able to get into no, up I, until yeah, Justice is probably my favorite, so I picked up that and yeah. I had to pick up Kirk. Kirk's the reason I picked yeah. up a guitar, though. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so the the last album they came out with, the hell was it called? Um, oh, it was the last Metallica album. It's like, oh, it uh, Hardwired to Self Destruct. Right. Yeah. There's three CDs or whatever. Double. It was LP. really good. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, I was really surprised. I thought it was all um, right. I actually thought it was a little wasn't as good as Death Magnetic. Yeah, Death Magnetic was good as well. I wanted to listen to. Um, for me, it's not about Metallica. I'm not a Lars fan. Yeah, as a drummer. No, no, I totally understand that. <laughs> uh, I was really disappointed. Yeah, you know, going back to the Funkos when they did the Slayer mm-hmm. ones, we didn't get a Dave Lombardo. Yeah, yeah, we did not, and uh, I was definitely disappointed about that as well. I know there was some heat with them, but you know. Yeah, yeah, but you know, uh, you know, jokes on them. They're not a band anymore, unfortunately. And uh, Dave's with uh, Testament. Love, he's with Testament, and he plays a bungle. Um, you know, uh, he did the, the last bungle album with them. That's right, he did. Um, and uh, he also did uh, uh, another project with uh, Mike Patton as well uh, called Dead Cross. Well, he did Dead Cross too. Oh, okay. Um, with uh, uh, Michael Crane playing guitar. Uh, and Lombardo on drums and Patton singing. I forget who plays bass on that. It's so hard to keep um, up with Patton. It's like keeping up with fucking yeah. Buzz Osborne. <laughs> yeah, he did. He really is. Um, <laughs> funny they're on the same label, right? <laughs> they're fucking peas in a pod, bro. Yeah. Did you ever listen yeah. to the Melvin's Phantomist big band? I have not uh, heard that yet, and uh, it is on my list of things to listen to in the, in the future. Uh, I want to find it if it's available on vinyl. I want to hear it on vinyl. I don't want don't want to hear it on digital the first time. Right. Uh, <laughs> I think it was be, released. Be, it was released uh, at the time when vinyl was just there was like none to be found hardly. Yeah, I'll find it somewhere. Internet's a internet's a big place. Oh yeah, it is. At least I'll you find can find it. a bootleg. But if you find yeah. a, find a bootleg, the problem is, and here's some information for you guys: a lot of the bootlegs are ripped straight off of digital files. So yep, you know you got to watch so out for that. Yeah, you might as well listen to digital if you're gonna buy the bootleg. Yeah. Heads up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean uh for for me, if we're talking about Mike Patton, my favorite Mike Patton album uh that he's put out that is not Faith No More or uh or Bungle, uh is the Peep and Tom album. Okay, yeah. Um it's you know, it's funky, 
Uh, it's got that Mike Patton singing on it. Like that's an album I could listen to all day and all night and let it keep repeating in my, in my CD player and, and never think about going, Oh, I should listen to something else. I actually liked him on, uh, I really liked Tomahawk for a long time. Yeah. Then the last Tomahawk album was fantastic. I actually hadn't heard any newer stuff. It's been a long yeah. time since I listened to them. Yeah. But, uh, I think it was close to a year ago. They released something new. That was a weird um, time. I was listening to the, I was flipping between Bathory albums and Mike Patton albums. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I do the same thing. I could put on like, you know, Grizzle Fry from Primus and then throw on a random blood right after it. Right. You know, and then go, I haven't heard the Alanis Morissette album in a while. Let me put that on. Um, you know, uh, going back to Jagged Little Pill. Right. Uh, yeah, I think for me, it's like going from creator to uh, like a Chet Atkins album, usually. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, uh, whether it's collecting vinyl records or Funko vinyl, uh, I, I have my name's Jay and I have a problem. Um, and I'm, I'm not looking to get rid of that problem anytime soon. I'm getting better at it. I might be close to starting a support group, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned to control myself a little more, except when I'm at, you know, fucking shows. Yeah, uh, that, that gets me. I saw Quicksand and Narrowhead in Charlotte, North Carolina, a couple of months back. And uh, I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to limit myself. I'm going to leave my credit card in the car. I'm just going to bring in this amount of cash. And that amount of cash got me a long sleeve shirt a vinyl record and a short sleeve shirt. Exactly. Nice. Um, and no beers because beers are $16. Yeah, no, fuck that. Um, so, but I, I stood literally three feet away from where they were playing, uh, the entire show and, uh, and just like lost myself in that experience. I had to DD on both the shows I went to this week. So it was like $5 diet Cokes. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, super cool. I got to meet uh, another band that's uh, doom oriented here out of North Carolina. Uh, pretty much upbeat like we are. Uh, I think we're really similar, and I, I hope we get to do some shows together at some point soon. But a band called AFG. Uh, if you hadn't heard them yet, uh, thanks for all systems go. Uh, but it's, it's listed under AFG on any of the platforms you guys might listen on. Um, they're fantastic. Their bass player was there at the quicksand show, just hanging out. And uh, I got introduced to him by a mutual friend. And he was like, man, you guys should play shows together. I'm going to go check them out after this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. They're really good. That, that the album they got out, it'll be on repeat for a while. It was for me. You're, um, you're another one of those guys like uh, Patrick Salerno. When he came on here, I had to like get a piece of paper and then flip the page to write all this stuff down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's great. Um, I'm non-discriminatory, right? I'm going to give everything a chance. That's great. Um, not a huge Metallica fan, like I said. Kirk Hammett released an album this week. Uh, a solo project, four songs, uh, all instrumental. I listened to the whole thing. Um, it was good. It reminded me a lot of Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I'm ashamed to say um, I haven't listened yet. Yeah, it's it's all right. It's I'll probably I'll probably not listen to it again. Not saying it was bad, just not my cup of tea. Right. Uh, but if you're a huge Kirk fan, as you said uh, yeah. earlier, definitely something to listen to. Um, you know, there's, it's got its moments where it gets heavy, and I'm like, oh, this is okay. Back to the okay, cool. Yeah, what kind of what we know him for? You know? Yeah. 
And you can tell it's him, like the solos he plays. You're like, oh, yeah, that's definitely Kirk. Yeah, you can tell that's him fighting that fretboard that he, you know, has an inch up off uh, the strings, an inch up off the fretboard. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love new music, um, you know, uh, and it can be anything. Um, you know, I, I have people introducing new music all the time, and um, hopefully, you know, Holy Roller becomes a band that other people introduce people to. You know, that's how these things happen. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we're hoping for. You know, any of the bands that come on here, that's what I hope for for them. Oh, yeah. I hope, you know, at least one person picks it up and goes, oh, I got to show everybody this. Yeah. I know there's at um, least one person over in Frank House in Maine. Uh, they're in Germany that listens to this every single time I put an episode out. So hopefully they go out cool. and show everyone in Germany this. Yeah, that would be very cool. We, we always appreciate our overseas support. Um, you know, I know it's uh, uh, tougher to get our stuff overseas, but uh, I don't remember the details of the deal, but Tommy just signed a deal with a distributor in Europe. So uh, for you, those of you in Europe that are that may be listening, uh, getting our vinyl when it comes out is going to be uh, much more cost effective and much easier um, uh, come the release in December, January. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad it'll be over there too, because Europe's a pretty big hot spot for metal. Yeah, I got, Brazil. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, we have a radio station in, in uh, England that plays us all the time, a uh, particular DJ that plays us all the time and is super supportive. And uh, I'll be uh, I'll record, be recording an hour with him on Tuesday. Uh, we're going to do, uh, he has a three-hour show. And we're going to do uh, what they call, he's going to call it the Holy Hour. And uh, we're going to play stuff that, that's influenced us as a band, uh, interview, and uh, debut a new single as well. Uh, you never know. This guy could be the next John Peel. <laughs> I mean, John yeah, Peel, uh, yeah. for those that don't know, John Peel was a uh, radio DJ over there in uh, London or England, one or the other, that not only played Sabbath on the air, but worked his way into later playing bands like Carcass and Napalm Death. So Yeah. Yeah. So Napalm Death, I'm so glad you said that. I have another story for you. Oh, boy. <laughs> so I was in a band... Uh, about seven, eight years ago, called The Pretty Ugly. Um, you know, we recorded an album, didn't get signed, released, you know, by ourselves. Uh, also available on Spotify uh, and all the other streaming platforms. But uh, our, our band manager, uh, this, this guy Steve, was also a uh, former road manager for COC, uh, Entombed, um, Napalm Death. Like, he would go out on tour with them as, a, as part of the road crew. Uh, so Napalm Death was, I didn't even know they were coming to town. I got a call from Steve on a Tuesday morning. And he said, Jay, what are you doing later? I said, well, it's Tuesday, probably not doing much. He said, meet me over at Arizona Pete's. I said, what's at Arizona Pete's? He said, Napalm Death. So I went over and met him and uh, we got on the tour coach and hung out with uh, Barney and Shane and those guys. Uh, I got to hang out with, with Napalm Death on a Tuesday afternoon. Probably the most rock and roll thing you can do on a Tuesday. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it was super cool experience. Super cool and super nice guys. Like, really down to earth, told some really funny stories. Um, you know, and uh, it was just kind of cool to hang with those guys. So, uh, that's the other thing about being a musician. Like, those situations come up. Yeah. You know, um, I unfortunately couldn't do it a couple of weeks ago, but Jerry Cantrell was in town uh, in Raleigh uh, for his solo tour. 
And uh, a buddy of mine who works for a video game company out in Raleigh, he's like, man, I got tickets and the, the drummer is a friend of mine and I got passes. So if you want to go, do my plus one. I was like, dude, I have to work. Like, I, I've got to go pay my rent. Right. Um, so I couldn't go. But, you know, I had an opportunity to go hang out with Jerry Cantrell and had to turn it down. You were mentioning yeah. Napalm Death. And every, yeah. time, every time I think of Barney Greenway, I guess it's just something from when I was a kid. I remember uh, watching a Dream Theater DVD and watching them cover Damage Inc. by Metallica. And instead of having James LeBray sing the motherfucker, they had Arnie fucking Greenway singing with Dream Theaters. I always think of him with Dream Theater for that short minute. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, Dream Theater is another band I was lucky enough to grow up around. Uh, John Petrucci lived like towns over from where i grew up in new jersey right and uh back uh what was the big album they put out uh pull me under I, not pull me under. yeah um, uh, images and words yes images and words is it the album before that it had like the purple and bluish cover on it when day and dream unite yes uh like they weren't huge yet they were just like a local band you know that put an album out and we're like starting to get big and like i could call john on the phone and just talk to him back then can't do that now but uh but had relationship with him for a bit and uh you know i got to pick his brain about music even though he's a guitar player and i'm a drummer um but i miss that aspect of the music community like we all communicate through social media now and nobody actually talks like i used to talk to reed mullen on the phone back in the 90s like two three times a week just shoot the shit see what's going on what you're hearing, what's available. Um, you know, we would help each other like that, but we've all disconnected from that form of communication, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a sad thing, but on the upside, it, it has actually been rather beneficial for bands as far as getting themselves out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's you know, for the most part, not, uh, you know, not the independent labels. The independent labels are still very relevant. Um, but the, uh, the major labels have basically become irrelevant for bands like us, um, because they, they're not signing bands like us anymore, um, because the independents are doing a great job with it and they don't see that they can make any more money off of it. Uh, and, and B because they're focusing on pop and hip hop and that's it. Yeah. No. Uh, and, and country that those are the, the big genres for major labels. Um, not saying we wouldn't sign with a major label if the right deal came along. Um, you know, maybe open that avenue for other bands again. Uh, my fear is that we have all these bands that we're listening to still that have been around forever. What's the next wave that's going to replace them when those bands go away? Right. Right. And if we don't do something as a community, as a, as a family of folks who love metal, uh, to get the next wave there, then what are we going to listen to in 10 years? That's another thing about this podcast too, guys. It's one of the things we, to focus on is finding other smaller bands and hopefully we can all kind of, you know, build these guys up. So we do have a next wave of bands. Yeah. It's important. Like, uh, you know, we all go through phases in our lives, uh, listening to different stuff, uh, collecting different stuff, reading different stuff. Um, but you know, what's, we're always looking for what's next. So we should be doing the same thing with our music. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? It's great to support the bands that are huge uh, and and that we love, 
but the, the, the more important bands are supportive of the bands that are trying to get to be huge. Um, and you can have a direct impact on that uh, just by buying merch at a show, you know, or ordering something online or spreading the word. That yeah. doesn't cost money at all. It's easier than ever. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I, I really appreciate your time and coming yeah. on here and talking to me. It's been great. Um, I'm going to give you just a second here to kind of tell everybody where we can find you and your music online. Yeah. Um, so uh, Holy Roller is uh, all one word. No space between the Y and the R. Uh, front. Uh, we got a, a Facebook page. We have a, uh, a Instagram page, a Twitter, uh, and, and a TikTok if you're on TikTok. Um, and uh, there's uh, all kinds of links on there uh, to get to any of our uh, streaming platforms, uh, any of our social media. Um, uh, I think, uh, I can't remember the link. It's, it's linktree forward slash holy roller. Gives, gives you all of our links in one place. And I think Linktree is L-I-N-K dot T-R. Yeah, it's like T-R-E. Yeah. Um, however they do that. Uh, we have a Linktree set up for that purpose. That's what uh, I, I put on. I actually use that as my link on like Twitter and Instagram yeah. and stuff. That's easiest way to get people there. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, uh, trust me, uh, a like or a follow on those sites uh, mean more to bands than you think they do. It's what labels, it's what management companies, it's what booking agencies look at when, yep. they're, when they're looking for bands. Like, you know, if, if you're not collecting people uh, to be able to directly con connect with, they don't even care how good you are, right? Not or anymore. The, the flip side, you can be the shittiest band ever, but if you got a million followers, you got everything you need. So definitely click like, follow, share that stuff. Um, you know, let's spread this shit and, uh, and uh, you know, let everybody get a chance to hear it and make their own decision. Hope you guys enjoy the, uh, the music and uh, really looking forward to releasing this, releasing this album and unleashing this on the world. I'm going to leave you with one more recommendation. Go for it. So my good buddy, Carl Agel, who I spoke about a couple of times on the podcast already. Uh-huh. Uh, he was a singer on COC's Blind album. Uh, also plays in the band Lie Heavy. Uh, he's also doing a project with a guy I grew up with, Dan Lorenzo, uh, who played uh, guitar in Hades and nonfiction. Uh, they have a new band. Uh, well, Dan has a new band with John Kelly from Typo Negative uh, called Patriarchs in Black. And uh, Carl sings four songs in the album coming out. One's already released. Um, they have some other guest singers on there as well. They just released a really kick-ass version of Cashmere from Led Zeppelin. Um, but if you like to do me stuff, go check those guys out as well. Uh, Dan and I both went to Paramus High School in New Jersey. All right, guys. Hell yeah. Um, I'm going to just, actually, I'm going to ask one more question. This is the last thing we're going to talk about in here before I give my pitches and say bye. Um, so Tommy Stewart and I had a theory the last time he was on the podcast. We were talking about y'all's name. He said he didn't know where the name came from. I said, do you think it came from the Simpsons? Do you think it came from Ned Flanders' bowling team, the Holy Rollers? <laughs> it, it didn't. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's a play on words because we're a pro-weed man. Right. Um, but that's maybe some future marketing. <laughs> right. um, you could do some, uh, do some bowling jerseys. There you go. Uh, for Holy Roller. 
but no, it's uh, it, it's one that uh, uh, Adam had uh, set aside and created pages for long before there was a Holy Roller, because um, you really wanted the name, and uh, so we uh, uh, we went with that. We had a couple other choices we were thinking about uh, when we were going through the process. Uh, one of which is going to wind up as not this album, but the next EP's title. Um, we're definitely doing song and EP title for the next one. Uh, we already have that picked out. And uh, I'll just tell you, it's going to be Taco Bell themed. Hell yeah. Because who the fuck doesn't like Taco Bell? Who the fuck doesn't suffer through Taco Bell? <laughs> well, at least like it for five minutes. And then yeah. know, depends, on how, depends on how nice your bathroom is. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I appreciate your time. I'm going to go ahead and throw out my stuff here. Guys, if you've listened to the podcast, be sure and check us out on Instagram. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I'm in all those places. And if you have a little bit of time and you want to hear some thrash metal, I have an album coming out July 4th for my Infernal Tyrant project. So be sure and check that out. Uh, After you've listened to this Holy Roller album, because it's, fucking badass and like the 900 things he mentioned here uh quicksand gorilla biscuits i've never heard them kal age of truth last to speak asg that's all systems go and patriarchs in black be sure and check out all that stuff that uh jay here recommended and remember that swimming witches is coming out on the fifth or not the fifth it's coming out what when was it uh the sixth friday sixth yep the sixth there we go guys so be sure and uh pre-order pre-save do all that stuff And thanks again for listening, and be sure and share with your friends and let them know we're here. We're trying to keep metal alive, guys. Thanks for having me, man. And no problem. Keep your horns up. Peace.